shares his heart and God's word to us. Let's welcome Colin up onto the platform. Thank you. It's been brilliant, hasn't it? We've had a great morning and uh, pray that God will continue to bless us. I'm going to start off, we're going to have a, have a bit of a history lesson. Don't get too excited, Paul. We're not going that far back, you know. It's, uh, in, the, in, the, um, in the 60s and 70s, the BBC, they had a policy of junking a lot of the old TV programmes. What they used to do, it used to be, um, you know, it used to take up a lot of space in the film, and a lot of, a lot of these were stored on videotape, and videotape were really expensive, and so what, what they do, they tape over a lot of the classic programs, programs such as Doctor Who. There's, there's 97 missing episodes of Doctor Who, what the BBC junked and uh, taped over. Dad's Army is another one, there's, there's a missing episode of Dad's Army, which, which the BBC they didn't, they didn't see any value in it, because um, they thought once... They'd been repeated once, then nobody had seen them again, want to see them again. They didn't have the, have the foresight to see that, that one day, you know, videotape would be a lot cheaper and they'd be able to sell it and make a big profit on it on videotapes and subsequently DVDs. And so the, they didn't see any value in these, these things. And so it's still, it, it traumatized me that 97 episodes of Doctor Who were missing. <laughs> oh, over the time, you know, over time, Episodes have been found, which was which were sold uh, overseas, but, but there's still a lot of missing episodes of that and, and other programs as well because they didn't see the significance, they didn't see the value in them, the great value, the monetary value, what they could have uh, received by, by sales. There's some people who, who I think they'd literally kill to get to get the hands on some of these these episodes, but uh, a lot of them are missing probably for good, and uh, they didn't see the significance. In, in, these, in these episodes, which, which they got rid of. In, in the Bible, some people, they didn't see the significance of pe- some of the people who Jesus mixed with. They didn't see the, any value in them. They saw them as worthless people. But Jesus spent time with people who other people uh, didn't see any value in. Some of the, the religious leaders, they looked down on certain people they thought they, were, they thought they were nothing. They thought they were worthless. They didn't see them as having any value. But in Jesus' eyes, no one is worthless. Jesus told a number of parables, a number of stories. That is, to, to illustrate that point, he told a story about a lost sheep. And he, and he told how, how the this, this shepherd went looking, after this, looking for this lost sheep uh, because this, this sheep had significance. He told a story about a lost coin. And to complete this, this trilogy story, it told a story about a lost son, a son who went away. We often call that, that story the story of the prodigal son. It's a parable, a parable of the prodigal son. Um, part of that meaning of prodigal, it means wastefully. He lived a wasteful life. He wasted a lot of, of the life that he had. And we're going to read from, uh, from that story in, uh, in, in the Bible, from uh, the book of Luke. Luke chapter 15, that'll be coming up on on the screen. Luke chapter 15 from verse 11. These are the words of Jesus. 
And she says, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Not many days after, the younger gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his, uh, into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. When he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And he bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now the oldest son was in the field. And as he came, he drew near the house. And he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed a fatted calf. But he was angry, would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours... Was devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. All that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found. I pray that God will bless his word. So in this story, the son. He comes to think of himself of having no value, but when he goes through that process, he, that process of it, he runs away from his father. He, he takes uh, what uh, his father gave to him. In fact, he goes. To, but first of all, he goes to his father and asks for his inheritance. He asks uh, for my, for the share of what is mine. Basically, saying, "I want what what is mine when when you die." He says, "I can't wait for you to die, so I want it now." You know, that's a bit pretty heartless thing. You know, is. He's waiting basically for his father to die, but he's not dying quick enough for him. And so he says, I want my share now. Back in, back in those times, uh, the elder brother would have um, twice as much as the younger. So the, the youngest son that was in this parable, he'd have, he'd have got a third of, of his father's uh, estate. That's what he'd inherit. And so his father gives it to him. Even though he doesn't deserve it, the father gives to the son what he asks for. Now the son has got, got a, a, all this money at his disposal, all this money to spend, and he, he decides he's going he's to live and he's going to enjoy himself with, with all that he has. And he, he, he spends his money on, on extravagant things, and 
people often ask the question, what would you do if you had a lot of money? If you won the lottery, what, what would you do? If you had loads of money, what would you spend your money on? There's a few suggestions. got uh, some pictures coming up here. Or what uh, might be. You could spend it on that. That is actually the feather, feather I don't know how to pronounce it, of a Hawaii bird. Right? It's the most valuable feather in the world. It, it's, it's an extinct bird. Uh, and the bird's... Uh, plumage uh, traditionally was used to, to adorn Maori chiefs. So how much would you pay for this feather? How much, how much do you think it costs? Any, any ideas? Oh, well, <laughs> You've, uh, so, that, that, so yeah, so I thought, I thought you were all doing pretty well here, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, 10,000, 10,000, if you've got a spare 10,000, you can buy, buy the feather of a or perhaps, perhaps you want something more practical. If you want to go to New York in Manhattan, you've got a Manhattan parking spot here. Now, don't, don't reveal it yet, uh, but how, how much would you pay? How much would you pay for, the, for this Manhattan parking spot? 200,000. Any advance on 200,000? No. Is it for a year? It's to buy it, it's, it's to own it. It's, yeah. Mm. Half a million, any advance? Any advance in half a million? <laughs> How much is it? You reveal it, John, reveal the, reveal the price. Wow. One million, one million dollars, that is. It's not pounds, it's dollars. Uh, one million dollars for a Manhattan parking spot. So, if you've got, if you've got a spare million, you're going to go out to Manhattan. What about this one? I like this one. Right, this is a magnetic bed, right? So it floats. Uh, so it's so it's sort of floating by by magnets. It's got the it can it can support up to two thousand pounds in weight. So I, I think that's, that's pretty cool. That, I think um, how much how much do you think that's worth? Any advance? Any advance on ninety-eight thousand? <laughs> How much is it? Do you want me to reveal, reveal the price? 1.6 million. So. <laughs> right, this next one. <laughs> this is, this is, a, um, this is a watch. What would we have a watch like that? A watch made from 201 carat gemstones. It's uh, got 201 luxury uh, no, 874 diamonds, actually. 874 diamonds in it. Can you imagine wearing that? You'd be scared to wear it. How much, how much do you think that would cost? 2.2 million. 2.2. <laughs> Any advance? Come on. Reveal the price, John. What is it? $25 million. $25 million. Perhaps you, perhaps you want to, don't want to splash out that much. What's the next one? Hey, this, is, this is a photograph, right? It's a photograph called, I think it's pronounced Rhine 2. It's a photograph by a German visual artist. Well, I think I've taken p- better pictures with my phone, you know, but, <laughs> um, but apparently it's the most expensive photograph uh, print that's... Uh, <laughs> 
Well, yeah, it's, if, I, if I want to pay, pay for it, I want something more interesting to look at than that, you know. But uh, how, how much do you think that's, that went for? <laughs> I, I won't pay that for it. But. Reveal the price. <laughs> 16th, any, what, how much is it, John? 4.3 million. I think, I think I'm in the wrong job. And finally, <laughs> finally, Dead Shark. That's um, one of Damien Hirst's masterpieces. It's, it's, a, it's a dead shark. It's, uh, the official name is The Physical Impossibility of Death in the Mind of Someone Living. So that's the name of, the, of the, that piece of artwork. But, so how, how much are you going to pay for a dead shark? 16 million, we've got 16, 16 million for a dead shark, any? 18 million. Well, you've, you've, gone, you've actually gone a bit high for that one, so it's, uh, so how much is it? It's 12 million for the dead shark. So you, you'll have 4 million left of uh, the anneal, so well done. Yeah. So that's, if you've got a lot of money, there's a lot of things you can spend your money on. There's a lot of things that are extravagant things you can, uh, some might say, waste your money on. <laughs> the son had a lot of money at his disposal. But the, in, in Proverbs, the, pro, the writer of the Proverbs, he, he's given a bit of wise advice. He says, give me neither poverty nor riches, lest I be full and deny you, or lest I be poor and steal. But the son, he had money what he'd not had before and he intended to enjoy himself that's what he did a few days after he, after he got this money from his father he, he left his father's household and he uh, he he went to, to a country and wasted his possessions it says in prodigal living that's it's, it's i like how the bible understates things sometimes you know these two words prodigal living you know there's, there's so much Tied up in, in those two words, what did it mean? Uh, the NIV says wild living, and the New Living Translation, the New American Standard Version says loose living. That's kind of a very old-fashioned type of thing, loose living. The message says he was undisciplined and dissipated. But these only give a hint of what his lifestyle was. If, if we were to give a real picture of what his lifestyle was, it would probably have to be an 18 certificate you know, to, to get in. You know, his, um, if you have a parental guidance thing, you know... It, he had, his, he had this money and he was going to enjoy himself. And I'm sure that while he had the money, he probably had friends as well, fair weather friends who come along uh, to, to you know, get up their share. They'd, they'd want to stick by him while he had plenty of money. But then eventually his money ran out. And I'm sure that when his money ran out, his friends disappeared as well. And he, he got to the point where he was... Penniless, he'd spent it all, he'd wasted all his money, all the money that it was his father's, that his father had worked hard for, uh, that the son, he'd, he'd spent it all and wasted it all and he'd got nothing. And he was hungry and a famine hit the land and so he got nothing at all. So what, what could he do? He, he started to look after pigs, he started to feed pigs and that for, for a Jewish person at the time that would be the lowest that you could go so he went from the highest to the, to the lowest, the lowest that he could go feeding pigs, sat amongst pig muck thinking, thinking why have I got to this 
And so as he's there sat feeding the pigs, he thinks, what can I do? So in this situation, he's hungry, he's ashamed, and he starts to think how he's treated his father so badly. And of course, in the, in the story of, of, the, of the prodigal son, the, um, the, the father is a picture of God. God loves the prodigal. God loves the, the, the people who, uh, who have run away from him. God loves uh, the, the one, and he doesn't give up on them. God doesn't give up on anybody. He doesn't uh, let go of them. Just like the father in the story, the father all the time, the prodigal, who was away all the time, his, his son was away, he was looking for him, he was looking for him to return. He never gave up on his son. He was looking for him, and he longed for him to return. Being a prodigal doesn't necessarily mean uh, that, that you live the lifestyle of the, of, the, of the son in the story. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have a lifestyle of sex and drugs and rock and roll. But it might simply mean being wasteful. It might mean... It might, it might just wondering from God, doing our own thing. That's what the son did. He cut himself off from his father's love. He cut himself off, not because the father stopped loving him, but he cut himself off by taking himself away from all the father's blessings. When we cut ourselves off from God, we might not see it at first, but we make ourselves poor. We waste the gifts that God has given us. The prostitutes, the son spent his money on, the wild living, all the excess that, that he, he spent the money on, they were actually only symptoms of what happened. They were symptoms of cutting himself off from his father's love. We often um, talk about league tables uh, today, don't we? At one time, league tables only used to be in football, but now everything's got a league table. Hospitals have got league tables. Schools have got league tables, and they all compare themselves to one another. And everybody's wanting to be at the top of the league table. We often categorise sin like that. We've got a league table for sin. We've got all the uh, all the, all the major ones, Division One sins. Then we've got uh, goes fur- further down, and the, the ones the ones that we do, they're the they're not, yeah, they're in the conference league. All the ones that we do, we're not, not too bad ones. They're, they're the ones, the bad ones are the ones that everybody else do. That's not the way, that's not the way that God looks at it. You know, there's only really one sin, and that is to turn away from God. Everything else is a symptom of that. Everything else that, that comes from that is a symptom of, of rejecting God and of, uh, of, of turning away from him. It's important as Christians that we stay connected to Jesus and to be connected to him, to be connected with his church. It's full of annoying people sometimes, isn't it? You know, just look at the person sat next to you, you know. If, uh, if, they, if they're not annoying, then it's, it must be you who's the annoying one then. Um, but it's, full, it's, it's a bride of Christ. The church is, is a bride of Christ. And that's we're called to love because, because Jesus loves his church. And so we're called to love the church as well. And so as, as the son is sat there, sat amongst the pigs, he reassesses his life and he thinks, what can I do? What can I do to, uh, to get out of this mess that I'm in? And so he decides, I'm going to go back to my father's household and I'm going to say to my father, Father, I, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. 
Make me like one of your hired servants. I'm going to go back and I'm offer my services as a servant. I've blown it. You know, my, my father's not going to accept me back in the household. I've, I've blown his money. He's not, but I might be able to, you know, just get, you know, just get him to, to accept me, to, to, to pay me a wage if I work for him. And in a son, in, in, in a way, sorry, the son is right. He's not worthy to be called his son, his father's son. But he's also wrong because the relationship with his father was never based on him being worthy enough. His father didn't accept him because he was worthy to be his son. He didn't, he didn't have to live up to a certain level and then he says, yeah, I'll accept you as my son now. So his, his relationship with his father was never about being worthy enough. And so that's where he got it wrong. So the son, he goes back to his father, and as, as the father's looking out for him, the father's looking out, and he sees him in, in the distance. He sees his son in the distance, and he goes running after his son. The, the father's overjoyed, and he goes to be reconnected with his son as he sees that the son has, has come back. And of course, the father, he, he didn't accept the offer to, to come back as a servant. He, he, he welcomed him back into the family. He gave him um, the... Uh, a robe, put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger that signifies his acceptance and he's, he's part of the family. He, he never stopped being part of the family. It's just that the son cut himself off from that love and all that, uh, that, that was in that, all that that meant. And he killed a fatted calf. That's one, uh, one who uh, wasn't too pleased about the return of the son, that the fatted calf, not only his brother, but the fatted calf were killed and they feasted and they, they enjoyed themselves and they had a party because the son had returned. As we already said, the, um, God still cares for the prodigal. He never stops loving them. Perhaps you know people, maybe family members, maybe friends, who have walked away and who seem a long way from God, and you want them to come back. Well, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope for them. Keep on praying. Keep on trusting God that they will return. But God's not giving up on them. God doesn't give up on anyone. You know, and he wants them to return. He wants them to, to come back and to be restored. He wants them to re- receive that, that love. He wants them to be in the fellowship. So don't give up on those who've uh, gone away, but, but keep on praying. But the son thought he'd gone too far to come back to be restored into that relationship with his father. He thought things had gone too far for him. The best he hoped for was to be a servant, was to, was to work for his father. Working for his pay. Maybe sometime in your life you, you've wondered from God and you've come back, but you think you're trying to, trying to put the balance right. You're trying to work for God hard enough and you think, if I can do enough good, then I can just balance out all the, all the bad that I've done and just get it right. But it doesn't work like that. You, don't, you, you can't balance it out because our relationship with God, our relationship with God as a father is not based upon how good we are, upon how good we can be, or indeed how bad we have, we've been. It's based upon the fact that he's a loving, heavenly father. The son never stopped being a son. He was a son all the time. When he was away, when he was uh, living his reckless life far away from his father, he never stopped being his father's son. What stopped, what what. What, what the son did is he, put, he cut himself off from the blessings of being, of being a son. And, and he didn't receive the blessings. 
You know, it's both true that there's, there's no good thing that we can do to make us acceptable to God, but, there's all, when we, but when we become his child, there's also no bad thing that we can do to stop us from being his child because it's never based on how good we are. It's never based on what we can do for God. It's based on what he's done for us. God is a good father. Perhaps... Some people have not experienced having a, a good father, and you, you don't uh, uh, recognize the word father as being a, a positive uh, word, but God is a good father. God shows us what a father should be like, a loving heavenly father, somebody who cares, somebody who's got unconditional love, somebody who, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, wherever you've gone, whatever you're going to do, he still loves you, and he, he will never give up on that love. That love will not stop. There's only one person who can uh, take you away from the blessings that, that are available for that, uh, from that love, and that is you and me. We can take ourselves away, not from uh, God's love, not from uh, his faithfulness, but we can take ourselves away from his blessings and make it so that we don't, we're not, uh, we don't receive uh, what God wants to give us. God is a good father. You know, the parable of, of the prodigal son is, is not, shouldn't really be called the parable of the prodigal son because it's, it's about the father. It's about the story of the good father. It's the story of the good father. That's what it's about. It's about God's goodness. It's reminding us how God loves us. When he returned home, uh, he, he lavished love on, it, on him. It says in 1 John 3 verse 1, So what great love the father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. That's, that's a rich word, isn't it? Lavished. God has lavished his love on us. He's not just given us a bit here and there, but he's given us in excess. He's given us, lavished his love on us. That's amazing. He doesn't withdraw it when we fail him. He doesn't take it away when we don't reach a certain standard. He doesn't think, well, you've not done very well this week. You've not, you've not, not witnessed to work. Uh, enough people this week I'm, I'm not going to give you my love he gives us his love whatever as we said we need to remember that in the story the only one who cut himself off from his father's love was the son himself the, the, the father never ever stopped loving his son he never gave up on him if someone is determined to distance themselves from God then God's not going to force himself in he's not going to force himself onto them he longs for the prodigal to be restored. But he doesn't force himself. If you're a person that's gone away from God, then you need to remember that God has not given up on you. God's not washed his hands of you. He won't do that because he loves you and he will continue to love you, whatever. He's like the father in, in the story, looking out for the son. He's looking out for his son to return, looking in the distance. Every day, his, the father was there looking for him. And God's looking for you, wanting you to return. Our worth doesn't change when we let God down. We don't suddenly become worthless. We don't suddenly become of no value. We are made in the image of God. That, that doesn't mean that God looks like us. It means that he's, he's, in, he's imprinted on our very being something of God, something that represents God in our lives and we are made in the image of God that is why we are so valuable in God's sight and that's why Jesus got angry he's very angry when uh, people 
uh, looked down on certain people because of their lifestyle and because, of the, the, because their lifestyle didn't match what they thought uh, Jesus should be mixing with. And that's what got Jesus angry when people looked down on people. When people saw them as worthless, that made Jesus angry. So what can change isn't when we've, when we've become a, a follower of Jesus, when, when God's our Father, and what, cha- what can change isn't the fact that he's our Father, but what can change is our relationship with him. We can, t- we can distance ourselves from him. It's really important that we don't do that. As we've said, God doesn't force himself on anyone. He wants to be restored to those who've gone away from him. But then there's also the elder brother in the story. I said that the, the, uh, the parable shouldn't be called the parable of a prodigal son, but perhaps the story of the good father. Another title could be the, the parable of the two prodigals. Because not only was the, the younger son, the one who went away, a prodigal, but in a, in a, in a sense, uh, the, elder, the elder son, the one who stayed at home, he was a prodigal as well. Because although he lived in his father's household, although he lived with, with all the rich blessings, he didn't make use of the blessings that his father gave to him. He was living in resentment and he was living in bitterness because he was thinking about his, his younger brother who'd gone away, who'd wasted all that his father had. And then when he came back, when his, his younger brother came back, he was angry and he was resentful. And so he'd got all the blessings of the father's household. He had them right there at his fingertips, but he didn't enjoy them. He didn't make use of these blessings that God had given to him, that his father had given to him. He never grasped what being a son really meant. He complained that his father had killed his fat calf to, to celebrate his, his brother's return. But in actual fact, he could have, he could have celebrated with his friends any time. He could have had a calf and, and had a feast any time he wanted but he didn't make use of it. He didn't make use of the blessings that were his. What a wasteful life he lived. The way his brother uh, wasted his life was very obvious, but the way the elder brother wasted his life was less obvious, but yet still just as wasteful. He was angry that his brother was so undeserving and that he received his father's blessing. However, the blessing that he'd received wasn't wasn't based on his uh, deservedness anyway. It was based on the fact that his father loved him. Just because God chooses to bless someone else doesn't mean that there's no blessing for us. We can have all of God's blessing in our lives. We couldn't have to be jealous of someone else's blessing. If, if, if you've got, if there's, a live, if there's a football match on TV, if there's a, if there's a live football match and it's, it's all across the nation, you know, all across, all across the, um, the country, just because somebody's down in Cornwall uh, is, is watching it doesn't mean that uh, they, they get five minutes and as you get further up the country, the next, next band up, they get five minutes in Devon. Then as, as we come, we come to Barnsley, we only get one minute on it uh, in Barnsley. No, because if it's a live match, Everybody gets the whole match. You get everything. Just because somebody gets uh, the, the match down in, in, in Cornwall doesn't mean that we can't have it up here. And it's like that with God's blessings. God doesn't give us a, a, a bit here. He doesn't share it out. We've got all of God's blessing available to us. We can have the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. All of us, whoever we are, 
just because God blesses someone else doesn't mean that God's blessing uh, uh, can't be given to us as well. We don't have to be jealous of someone else's blessing. We don't have to be jealous of someone else's rule. We can be thankful to God and we can receive and hold out our hands and receive the blessing that God has got for us. God has got blessings for us as well. Maybe we, are, we, we can be like the, the elder brother. We can be in church, but yet we can be living like a prodigal. That's possible. It's possible to do that. As, as Sue was saying, it, it's possible uh, you know, to, to, to try and look good on the outside, but yet inside we, we can know that we, we're not right, we, we, we've got things wrong. It's possible to be a prodigal and to, and to sit in the same seat every week uh, to come along, uh, to, to listen to the, to the band. It's possible to come up and stand at the front and speak and to be a prodigal. I know that because I've done it. You know, so it's, uh, it's possible to do. You know, you can be, uh, that doesn't mean, doesn't mean that you're living um, a, a lifestyle that's very obviously uh, against God, but it just means that you're not taking hold of the blessings that God has given. You're not, uh, you're not living the life that he wants. You're not close to God. We might simply just have drifted away from God. I'm still be in church, still be saying the right things, still be doing the right things on the outward uh, appearance. But yet we, we can drift away and just not be where we should be. The Father wants us to be restored. Just like he wanted uh, the elder brother as well to be restored. He, he longed for his elder, the, elder, the elder brother to, to receive his brother as well. And so he wanted... Uh, that restoration. We never gain God's approval by working harder, doing better, taking on more jobs. When we receive Jesus, then we are part of the family. That doesn't change. God's our Heavenly Father, and He remains our Heavenly Father. We can, however, if we allow it to happen, we can become distant, and our relationship can suffer. And if the band want to make the way back now, the way we repair that relationship, it's always the same. Whether it's someone who's been running and obviously who's been far away from God, or whether we've been in church and we've wandered from God, the way back is always the same. And that's uh, by returning to God. What the Bible calls repentance. Repentance simply means a change of heart. That means you're walking in one direction and then you turn around and go back in the other direction. That simply means a change of heart. You have a change of heart when, and you come to realize that you need to uh, just turn back. That's what, the, that's what the son did in the story. He was walking away from his father and he turned around and he went back to his father. When the son came back to his father, he thought he'd blown it. He thought it could never be restored to how things were. But it was wrong. In God's eyes, no one's worthless. If we wonder from him, we can be restored. We can be restored back to, to who we should be. You know, so maybe, maybe this morning, you might be one of, in one of these situations. You might, be, you might be a prodigal. You might feel as though you've wondered from God. You've gone away from God. You've been living a lifestyle that's, that's not what should be. If that's the case, then now's the time 
to be restored. Now is the time just to come back and to, to, to return uh, to the Father and to say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I want to come back to you. Perhaps you're somebody here this morning, and, and your idea of the Father is not a positive uh, word. It's not a positive word. And when you think of God as, as a heavenly Father, it's not a, uh, you don't like the, the image it brings up. Well, if that's the case, then you just need to realize that God is a Father who loves you. He's, he's an example of a, of a loving Father. And you need to realize that as well, that God loves you, that God cares for you. And that his, uh, his role as a father is one who has so much love and so much care for you. And he wants you to come into that fullness of that knowledge that, that you can uh, know him as a heavenly father. And also, you might have been speaking this morning and you've never really come into to a knowledge of Jesus as Lord. You, you don't know what it's all about. You've never uh, known God is your heavenly father. If that's the case, then actually the blessings that, that, that are there, they're not, they're not yours yet. But they can be. That's the good news. They can be if, if, you, if you call out to God. And if, if you receive Jesus as your savior, then these blessings, the blessings of having God as a father, they can be yours. And you can uh, have, receive forgiveness. I'm just going to pray a prayer. If, if you don't know Jesus as your saviour and you want to know Jesus as your saviour, then we're going to pray this prayer. Uh, that, that, and it's simply asking God into your life. It's asking God and saying, Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. And I want to know you. Uh, I want to know Jesus as my saviour. And these are, if you want to pray this prayer, then just uh, pray it in your heart as I say it. I say, Lord Jesus, I know I've done things wrong in my thoughts, words and actions. There's so many good things I have not done. There's so many wrong things I have done. I'm sorry for all these wrong things and I turn from everything I know to be bad. You gave your life for me on a cross. Gratefully, I give my life back to you. Now I ask you to come into my life. Come in as my saviour to clean me. Come in as my Lord to lead me. And I will serve you all the remaining days of my life. Amen. Now, if you've prepared that prayer, or if you want to respond to any of the other things, if you want to just reconnect with God, if you want to know something more of that, or if you just want somebody to pray with you, then just come out to the front this morning, and somebody will pray with you, somebody will talk with you. If you've uh, never prayed that prayer before and you've done it, then make sure you you tell somebody, make sure you speak to somebody, because somebody would love to talk to you, somebody would love to pray with you. And if, if you've wandered from God, if you feel far from God and you just need to reconnect, then just come out this morning. Just come out to the front and somebody will pray with you. And there's nothing better to do than to, just to reconnect and just to put that focus back on God. Amen.
of sin and darkness 